How are you doing, folks? Ted Furman here, and you're most welcome back to Ted's Open Mic, the podcast. Um, I'm delighted that this evening we are joined by a person who joins the Open Mic every week religiously from the very beginning. And Gary, I'm delighted that Gary has decided to come on this evening and, and share his own story. And he's going to bring us back to the beginning and the stuff that's happened to him in the past and and where he's found himself throughout his life and, and where he's got to now. Um, it's been a tough road for him, but I'm delighted that we've given him the help throughout it um, over the last 10 months to kind of help him to get to where he's got to now. But I think before that, Gary, uh, you might tell us it was, it was a bit different for you before we ever came in contact with each other. Yeah, it was uh, extremely difficult, yeah. It's uh, probably... You know, through the help of uh, my boss, you, you were the first person I reached out to for help, and uh, that was a huge, uh, that was a huge uh, step for me to ask for help. You know, and thank God you did. Yeah, well, look, as I said, you were you were the first person I think to email me. Well, your your uh, your boss was the very first person to email me when I set up the the support group, and which. Like I couldn't have imagined the help that we would have given you over the last ten months when when I first received the email. Like not even just you, but just, just people in general. But I think your story is completely different because I can see a lot of you. I can see a lot of myself in in your in you in the struggles that you've had and the struggles that you continue to have. Be it anger, be it resentment, be it whatever is going on. But I think um, to understand. The stuff that you went on, I think you're going to bring us back, probably to your childhood, really, and and kind of give us a brief life life story of yourself, of your situation, and what you found yourself going through, and what you're finding yourself going through now, and, and what's obviously going on, um, that's going to come on now in the future. Yeah, um, you know, we we'll start from your childhood. You know, come from Finglas, it's very uh. It's a walking class area, you know, yourself from Ballymont had uh, you know, we grew up in a household that uh with both parents that uh the mad drinkers, alcoholics, you know, they're in their own addiction, you know. Um or um, you know, drink was always around me and you know, over the course of years I grew up with with that addiction as well, as well as uh as well as uh drug use, you know, and for years we um for years I blamed her on them, you know, because uh, uh, you know they they were always in the pub or around, or always had drink in the house, noise always around, and that's where I picked up the habit, you know. Um, you know their their first priority in life was uh, was that drink, you know. Uh, you know, and uh, I struggled with that as a kid, you know, from from uh, from an early age. I was I was brought down to I was brought down to the pub as a kid. Given a pack of crips and a black hood and told be quiet in the corner after school, you know, for many years, you know, over the course of a few years, there was violence involved as well. When they came home, there was a lot of violence between between ourselves, and at times I was caught up in it, trying to play uh, the peacekeeper, and uh, took the huge effect on me later on in life, you know. For some reason, I thought as a kid, all this was kind of normal, it was never. But I was never content. So I was I was always saddened. You know, I used to go over to my friend's house and see the total opposite. People actually mm. talking, sitting down, having meals, and I was going, Jesus, this this is weird. <laughs> this is weird, you know. But uh, it felt good as well. But then when I went back home, I was like uh, I was like going back into a war zone. But over the course of time, I kind of got numb to it and used to, you know. But, but did you actually get used to it or or did you just become accustomed to it? Yeah, I came accustomed to it, I suppose, yeah. Um, you know, because when I was there, uh, you you, you kind of can't get used to it, I suppose. You just, you just bury it, thinking that it's normal, but it's not normal, you know. Uh, I was lucky enough to have uh, two great-grandparents that only live five minutes across the road. And, you know, um, I was left... You know, uh, as they went to the pub, as I got a bit older, I was left mine to be two younger brothers. But uh, as soon as they came home, we shot across the road to my nanny and granddad's house. It was like a safe house for me, you know. Mm. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, 
we just felt safe there. Everything was calm. Uh, there was love over there. There was support over there. But I never told them what was going on there back at home, you know. Do you think they knew? Uh, I think they knew all right, I suppose. Uh, but they didn't know the full, the full extent of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and sorry, you know, Gary, to give us some context of this, how old would you have been at this stage? Uh, when this was going on all my life, but as far as going back, like it really kicked off when I was about eight years of age. We moved, we moved, uh, we moved to a apartment above uh, the shops and fingers up at the church, fingers west, and that's where it really kicked off, you know. Mm. So from there on, uh, you know, I think, you know, for I'd say five days out of seven. It was it was it was like that for me, every single week, week in week out. Uh, you know, as long as they had money in their pocket for a drink, uh, there was no food in the press, but that didn't matter, you know. Uh, and then of course, like for those other two days that they didn't have food in the press, or they didn't have any money for a drink, and there was no food in the press, it was even worse. It was that that uh, sober drunk, this um, just irritated and agitated, you know, not having money for drink and not having money for smokes, you know. Well, I think that's kind of like any addict, isn't it? Like when when you feel like they can't get their fix, basically they become irritated, agitated, get angry, aggressive and stuff. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, like, we took the blunt of that as well, you know. It's... uh, it was kind of like, you know, go down to the neighbours and ask for lend the money or go up to your nanny and granddad's and ask for lend the money. And, you know, I was, felt very embarrassed. And uh, at times I refused to do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't end well for me. Either, either way, if I'd done it or not, it wouldn't end well for me, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's, it, was a, it was a hard upbringing I had, uh, you know, there was a lot of violence, as I said, around it, especially uh, like when they went to the pub, they'd come back with more drink, you know. And in between that, I was, I was, I was trying to do my best in skill, but there was no one there to, to push me. So, you know, same with sports. I just all I ever wanted was a bit of a, a bit of love for them or a bit of, bit of an acknowledgement from them. Bit cor- you know? like a bit of encouragement, basically. Encouragement, yeah, or to be pushed, you know, because. Uh, like even at an early age, eight, ten years of age, you know, I was kind of giving up on life already. Mm. Was and that's like no kids should be made feel like that. No, you know, I know you have you have kids now, and and like, look at would you say you're completely like obviously you're completely different to your own parents, but is that because of the way you were brought up? Yeah, nowadays I'm completely different. You know, where uh, you know like. Uh, in some sort of way, over the course of time, I grew up like them, you know, and I and that's what looking back now, that's what what uh, really got into my head, and and uh, I really hate myself for, but uh, I've learned to accept that and move on. But uh, you know, it's not like that now. Me kids are my main priority. Myself is is my main priority because I went on the good right uh, headspace. You know, I can't be there for them. I can't be there for anybody else. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with you, hundred percent. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you back then to say your teenage years. Then, so obviously, with with the upbringing that you had and, and the environment that you were accustomed to, how did you react to that? Like, so when you were when you got to say 16, 17, 18, what did you do then with that? How did you cope with that? Well, I'll bring it back to when I was even a. Uh, Far then, I remember one day I just snapped at that age, you know, and uh, it, was, it was like probably the start start of everything for me. They were just uh, one day they were fighting, and I ended up getting into a fight and attacking and killing them uh, with a knife, you know. I just had enough. I just had a, you know, just, but I'm, you know, at any age, you can just get to a point where you can just snap, you know, and I did at that age. And after that day, it was kind of like, it gave myself power, you know. As a kid, what, what I was going Is that the power you wanted, Gary? Uh, well, no, looking back, no, it's not the power that I wanted. The power that I wanted was just to be a knowledge and love. But 
but I just felt over the years of seeing all this and being caught up and I was small, I was vulnerable, I was weak and I didn't want to be that person anymore. I wanted to be big, I wanted to be tough, I wanted to stand up for myself, you know, and I think that's how it all started for me, you know. Mm. Um, after that day, and after that day, you know, of course, there was no uh, repercussions for me, so it was kind of like I could do what I was placed. You know, I start stealing drink from uh, from from the house, skipping school, getting in small bits of trouble in school, and and uh, eventually even school again, told not to come back because I was just getting up to two. I wouldn't say bad trouble, but it was being a little brat, you know. Mm. And like so, that's obviously what. What age were you then when you got kicked out of school? Uh, I think it was just after me junior said 16, 17, 16. Probably, yeah, probably around 15, 16, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, so then what, like, that's that's an awful lot. So when, when you can think about everything that you've went through and then obviously being kicked out of school, still a kid, and yeah. probably no repercussions at home then from your parents, probably didn't give out to you or say, what's going on here? Or trying, and Did they try and get you into a different school or, or what happened then? No, well, he didn't, you know, uh, I told him quite blankly, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't going to go to school, simple as that, you know, it didn't do great in school all my life, so mm. just because, you know, once again, you know, if you're going to get if you're gonna get away with things as a kid, you take advantage of it, because you don't know right or wrong, or, you know, there's no one there to look over your shoulder and stuff, so, you know, over the course of growing up, we uh, just kind of decision, like, I'm going to... I'll have to be one of those people that if I'm going to do uh, well and work, I'm going to have to use my hands, you know. So I got a job a couple of weeks after leaving uh, school, packing bread and Tesco's on the shelf, you know, and I was delighted with that. I was delighted with that, you know. Uh, everybody, all my friends were in school and I was out earning money. I thought it was the dog's bollocks. Yeah. You right, know. it is the kind of that macho thing, like that macho thing where you were like, Oh, I have money now, I, I, I can do what I want, and like you don't have to go home when you want because you were working, you didn't have to go up for skill. But like, you think, Right, this is too good to be true because you're a kid and you're earning money that you probably couldn't comprehend. Like, no, yeah, I was earning money, and now, as I said, my, my friends were still in school, and I was telling them what they're wasting their time in school. I'm yeah. like, look, look at the money you can earn right now and you're going to stay in school for another two, three years and then go to college and for another four or six years and I'm going to be a millionaire by the time you leave school. <laughs> How's that millionaire work going for you? Uh, not, not great at the moment. <laughs> not, not no. great. I'm still chasing the dream. Yeah, I'm still chasing the dream. So tell me what happened then. So um, you're earning money. You're, you're 16, 17. You're working in Tesco's, packing the shelves. Yeah. Um, um. What happens next? Do you think that was a downfall for you being able to earn that much money that young? Yeah, yeah, it was a downfall. Because I mean, you know, me got going kicked in then, you know, because uh, I was buying drink and I was buying the lads' drinks and, uh, you know, I, this the whole thing, I, I look after this, you know, people pleasing, you know, yeah. uh, and stuff like this. But, uh, Shortly around around about that time, uh, you know, me me uh, me the only people I could really, I would say, uh, didn't want to let down would be my grandparents, you know. Mm. And uh, around that around about that time, I lost it to them. The space of a year of each other, and after that, then um, when I lost them, it was like I had no one else to let down now. So it was like f you to the world and yeah. you. Everything and uh, you know, we just re- literally took off after that, you know. Um, and, and how did you react to that? Like, uh, so when you say take off, when you when, like, when you say take off, what happened? I just went mad on the drink, uh, was getting in trouble with the police. Then I was thinking that I'd go into pubs and start drinking in pubs and all, it was fake ideas, just couldn't care less about anything, anybody about myself because uh, I didn't want to deal with the pain of them them two leaving. Um, mm. I hated, you know, I was blaming God, I was blaming life, I was blaming my parents, I was blaming everything. Uh, I was getting in trouble with the police literally every 
every week, you know. Um, I just literally lost any self-control I had after that, and I didn't care less about for anybody, including myself. Yeah. And was there drugs involved then? Yeah, there would, there would have been drugs involved then. Uh, you know, there was drugs involved uh, shortly around, just before that time. Yeah, we start taking a, a Coke and ace, ace and, uh, you know, <laughs> we'd be going to fields and we'd be drinking in the fields with my friends and we'd be getting small 50 bags between us and uh, thinking, Jesus, you know, this is, this is, this is the life. Freezing, mucky up up to your knees and dirt, but you know this can in your hand and this small white powder in the other hand is is the answer to Louis's problems. You know it takes yeah. away all, all the pain, uh, makes you forget about the world, and it makes you invincible. You know, um, and did it? Uh, absolutely not. Now, now it's uh, something that gradually takes a hold of and you know creeps up behind you and takes control before you can even see it, you know? and, uh, yeah and I think then you with, with that problem then that that became a bigger problem then later on in life for you didn't it yeah uh, yeah problem yeah 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 what's problem we've learned now that uh, you know I'm addicted to anything really you know it's drink drugs uh, gambling um <laughs> Peanut M and M's, with you name it, we can be addicted to it, and that's the God on his truth, you know. It's uh, you know, later on in life, you know, we we mad to get myself into some major uh, problems with with the law, and uh, you know, all through all through my addiction, that uh, I never thought I had, I I never thought I never wanted to meet I had, you know. Yeah, and sorry, I'm gonna touch on something that you said there. So you said major problems with the law. So, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, I had problems with the law with me drinking drugs uh, over the space, you know, of three or four years, major, you know, problems nearly every weekend. But, um, but that went away the last 10 years. I don't know why, but, uh, you know, during the first lockdown, you know, that, that seemed to have gathered a hold of me again. Um it creeped up. I mean, never really truly went away because I never dealt with my issues, or my problems, or our life itself on life's terms. It's a, uh, you know, we've we moved back back to Fingless after uh, spending three years out of Fingless, thinking Fingless was my problem, uh, of my drinking drug use, you know, but it wasn't. It was myself. Or um, yeah, it was just um, it was just around the per round around the person that uh. I thought I could trust and uh, always said, you know, play me along saying that, um, you know, they look out, look out for me and, you know, don't worry about anything and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I got myself into a bit of a debt that I didn't think, think I had. But, you know, uh, you know, I was asked to go up and I was asked to, uh, to do something for that debt and, uh, and uh, you know, it didn't turn out. It didn't turn out good for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, how does that? How did that make you feel? And do you feel like, obviously, whatever it was that you were asked to do, things didn't work out the way you thought you were going to plan. You thought, right, grand, do this. That's it, done. And then all your problems are going to go away. But I think, did your problems then intensify after that? Yeah, yeah. Me problems from ten times worse, you know, because of. You know, all through my life, I was trying to please other people, uh, trying to do things for other people, put me trust in other people, because I know I was a very trustworthy person, you know. It's, um, uh, yeah, that, that incident that day, you know, uh, I was told not to worry about it. it, was nothing serious, but it turned out to be, like, um, uh, uh, turned out to be loud of firearms. Um and yeah, that's that's art that devastated me. Not only that I put myself in that situation, but it gave me a real wake up call in life. How how blind I was to myself, and how blind I was to uh, my addiction and and people around me. I suppose that I put myself in that position. 
Yeah, well, look, I think anyone anyone listening to this that would ever find themselves in that situation, um, I, I think you're you're you could be a poster boy here for this and say, look, look, you need to do what's right for you and um, trust yourself, trust your gut instincts. And I think you you knew yourself that day, and uh, there was something wrong as well, like. Um, when you whatever was going on, you were told to pick. You were t- you knew something wasn't right, and and look what's happened there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we well, knew from the get go. There knew something wasn't right. Or well, you know, the the space, the headspace I was in, the you know the task that I was thinking I was, you know, I was I was just trying to push those things to a side. Going, oh, this is. You know, maybe my ego was taken over as well. You yeah, know. you probably thought you were invincible. Like, this is not going to happen to me. I'll get this done and be grand and I'll go back and I'll get another bag or something when I go home. And that's yeah, a sport, we, like. Yeah, it's hard. Just, you know, do this, get this over. And, you know, it's, I'll be grand. Don't worry about it, you know, because I listen, listen to the bullshit I was led to believe. And, and listen to my own bullshit in my head as well. You yeah. Know? That plays that plays a major part. I said, "Oh yeah, what you said is dead true." You know, I should listen to me, me guts. Your guts never lie to you. You know, um, you know, uh, it it was a major major shock to the system, and uh, it's something that that I will never forget ever in my life. But in some sort of way, Ted, it's probably hard to say. Me, me, me. Yeah. So, so sorry, Gary. When did that happen? Then, so that happened. 2019 was it? Yeah, yeah. 2019. It'll be the year, uh, year in the fourth of uh, August. October. October, sorry, October. Okay, so it's so it's 20, 2020 then. So it's only it's yeah. only recent. So it's only last last October. Yeah, yeah, last year, yeah. Right. So last so last October then. So take us then. We're going to talk about the next four weeks after that because, um. And then we'll go into something else. So, so what happened then? So the next, so after you got caught, then so bring us back to the next four weeks then. Yeah, after I got caught, um, you know, we spent a, a week in um, in a Cassery, uh prison uh, on on remand until I got bail. You know, it was a very very if anybody's been in jail, uh, it's not a place you want to be. You know, it's a very very lonely, scary place. You know, uh, all I done in there was. Was literally just set and thought about the consequences. I don't have my family, not even myself. You know, I couldn't explain to how much of a shock to the system all this was to me. Um, after I got bail, I got out, and um, remember, I was delighted to get out to see everybody. I was just so apologetic uh, to everybody. I was, I was just, I couldn't apologize enough, but I could never apologize to myself. You know, but um, I remember. I remember leaving, leaving, uh, leaving there and hitting fingless, uh, sounds to hit fingless. Jesus, it was, it was like deja vu all again, caught all again. It just, everything just came down on top of me. I just, I couldn't trust anybody around me. I couldn't trust myself. There was noises in my head. The alarm bells went off. It was, I was very uneasy. Because that's not the sort of person I know he was. Yeah. Um, Deep down and so you know, as I said, as I said, I have, I have a good heart. It was it's getting that message from my heart to me, Brian, to get through, you know. But um, I went down with the help of my partner, I went down to the doctor that day, and uh, she suggested I go to Blanchestown Hospital. And I couldn't sit with myself, I couldn't trust myself, we, I couldn't trust other people, but um, I didn't want to be here again on, on this earth after looking at my partner's. Uh, seeing how sad she was and even contemplating uh, seeing my kids because of what I've done, you know, on them. Yeah. And I spent the week then deciding me into Blanchetown, a uh, psychiatric ward in Blanche because I just couldn't cope with myself and with life. And yeah. Spent, spent the week in there. So then, so then we're going to talk about now, like I think I put, this, my story came out in the end of October then in, in the papers and online about the situation that I found myself in last year, and I remember I I put up about setting up the 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 peer support group for people online, and I remember a person that I used to go to school with, their father, he emailed me. It was the very first email that I received 
and the open mic that the email that I'd set up probably two days beforehand. Do you know what I mean? And, and this was something the group that I set up was was obviously in the, the aim of trying to help someone and, and just trying to give people the platform to open up and, and share what's going on with them and, and provide help as well. Because obviously, as you know, we have the trained counselor, we have the psychiatric nurse there on the calls as well to try and help them. So I remember getting the email from your boss and he says, look, I have a lad that's worked for me really struggling. Um, I think he'd be perfect for this. Could you touch base with him? I remember our first conversation that we had, and I think you were sitting on a roof and you were in work and I remember ringing you and you were sitting on the roof and you were like, I'm done here. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like, like we can laugh about it now, do you know what I mean? But like in, in all seriousness, like um, when you think back to eight, eight, ten months ago, like it, it's madness because Look, look at where you've come now and we'll speak about that now in a minute but like I always remember that first conversation because you were on the phone for about 30 or 40 minutes and I just happened to be standing I was actually in my mom's house and I was standing there so I my mom's house and she's like everyone's like here we on the phone to like and I'm like oh, it's just it's just Gary it's just one of the lads here that wants to join the support group because don't forget like I was never accustomed to this like I'm not trained in, that, in any way shape or form when it comes to, to mental health and I threw myself in the deep end in this. So you're the first person that I'm having a conversation about, about the support group, and, and then you're, you're sharing your story to me, and then you're telling me about, you're, you're, you're sitting on a roof here, and all you can think about is, I'm done, and I just want to step off, like, you know? And, and like, you're sitting there smiling, and I remember laughing about it, but, like, that, in all seriousness, that was, it's some change for you in, in 10 months, like, do you know what I mean? Can you remember back the conversation? Like, no, we can't. We can't. We, we can't tell you the truth. You know, but um, I would have been in that situation. Yeah, that I would have just wanted to just walk off the edge of a roof. It's yeah. So, but I hundred percent believe it, and I'm laughing to myself because yeah, the in a short space of time after coming a long way, you know, it's a. Uh, and it was just it was just great for someone to reach out and talk to, um, and that's the God on the street. And you know, you, you say, you know, I'm going to throw this out there because we, we firmly believe. You know, you say like you want to try and to be a counselor and stuff. But like to me, after I read your story too, you know, uh, you know when 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 my boss said he did me, I didn't think much of it because. I was afraid to reach out to anybody, but uh, I'm more qualified than anybody else. And in my eyes, because you've been there, you went through the pain, and you know the you know the situations. Because there's some situations that you can't. There's no walls to describe to how how much of a dark place you can be in. Yeah, you know, I was in that dark place for 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 quite a while before all this. But I, I remember, like, and, and I, know, I appreciate what you're saying there. And look, I'm, I'm getting my qualifications, as, as people are aware. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting college, uh, training to be a counselor. I've, I've done the certificate and I'm starting a degree now. But I wouldn't have got that without the help of the people that I have around me and, and look, and the support I have. And that's what I'm trying to do with the support group. And, like, I know for the first initial few months, we, with the support group and with yourself, you had your good days and you had your bad days, but like we always, cre we created something there where you actually enjoyed. And I think, I don't think you missed a session until probably recently, up until a couple of months ago, like. Yeah, no, we didn't. Um, you know, when I first, when you first, when, when we first reached out to you, like we didn't know anything about support groups and uh, where to start and where to go and, you know, and I don't know, don't know what the, the first one, and I don't know that little bits and things, but there was something about, about, uh, about Ted's old mic, which I, I made, I made sure my time slot was free, uh, because it was just like, it was just talking about how your day was, how your week was, how are you, you know, not, there was no drama, no bullshit, it was like, like a, like a little uh, community, you know, 
it just get mm. off your chest and not to be judged because I thought I'd always be judged and I thought I was the only one that was going through this pain and nobody would understand me because they don't know this story and they haven't experienced this and you know I open up my eyes and I close my mouth and made me listen to other people which is the most important thing you know for me. Oh, I think it took you a while to, to learn how to close your mouth though didn't it? Yeah, well, I didn't teach that. You didn't teach me that. Time. No, I definitely didn't because I need to learn to close my mouth as well at times. As you keep telling me, I love the sound of my own voice, Gary, don't you? <laughs> but now, look, uh, um, I, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to bring up something else because it hasn't been plain sailing for the last 10 months for you. Because I remember then in, was it either January or February of this year, you slipped again, and I remember your partner having to ring me. You went missing for a couple of days. So, like, it is. And but one thing that we spoke about is it, it was okay to slip, but it depends on how, how, how far you slip and how quickly you can come back from it. And now you realize what happens. And I think in that moment in time, you didn't realize what was going on, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't, um, you know, because I was doing all the right things to keep keep me progress on track you know uh, and my intentions was never to uh to slip you know but um uh, you know i think it was the gambling or something sucked you back in wasn't it yeah i think i think i had a gambling uh, uh i bet that morning or something and uh, after that i was like you know you hear this phrase uh hopefully i got it right uh airplane mode my mind is switched off and i was just a passionate in it for three or four days, you know. I think to be fair, um, I can't quite remember, but something happened just uh, a few days before that, and I didn't deal with it. Uh, and you were something not... to do with court. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, have a better memory than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I look after all my patients. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. I was due up on court on the Friday, and, you know, just even the thoughts of going back into that place, uh, uh, drain me of my energy, my mind. Before I didn't, I didn't even know. Like a like a drug. That's what it was, you know. My yeah. mind was slowly taking over my body, and I didn't see it coming. Uh, you know. Uh, I think on the on the Wednesday night, I got a phone call saying I didn't have to go up to the Friday, uh, up on the court on the Friday because of the COVID. But then Thursday, when I woke up. So it was like my body already made up its mind. So you, well, you come in here and you don't have a choice to say, you know. And I went into a big, dark, deep hole for four days. I went out. All I can remember is really I went out with the content not to come back. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was, you know. And it's quite, uh, it's quite scary because I was, doing, I was doing quite good up until that point, you know. No, you weren't. But do you know what? And... The one thing that I, I found really positive from that situation, even though it, there was no there was no positives to take what 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 you're doing or going missing and putting your partner and your kids and all under stress and and leaving them like that, and we don't we, we don't condone any of that, and, and you know that yourself. But I think we had I remember you I think you got home on either Saturday night, late Saturday night or early Sunday morning, but we had a Zoom call on the Monday evening and you were on it. And I think that then was a wake-up call for you and, and, and something changed from there. And I think then with the help, I know we got you in to see it. We had, had you in, getting in to see a counsellor. And then over the next couple of months, we got you different help. And and I think to bring up a person, um, to son, probably you'll agree with me here, someone that changed your life, probably Willie O'Connor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, helped me out big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just again, it was just, you know, that voice that, uh, you know, it's mad. It's um, mad for someone to just pick up the phone and talk to somebody just to see how they are and knowing what they're going through, you know. Yeah. Just a voice, as I said, to listen to and for, for me to listen back, you know, was unbelievable help. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to that incident, yeah, well, I think I actually got in on the Monday morning and, you know, I know, Again, you know, it was just reaching out again, going on to that on that Monday night in an absolute, not just to stay, it's it's the fear as well, you know, you know, yeah. that, fear, that, that feeling. But if we didn't go on to that same Monday, 
Monday I'll probably would have gone out again, you know. It's uh, you know, it's once again, once you ask for help once like it gets easier, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the God honest truth. Uh, and but remember, let's talk about let's talk about that help now that we've got you, that you've got over the last couple of months. Let's talk about the situation after that, after you've got home, after because that was the last time I think you've done it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So let's talk about the help now that you've got over the last couple of months and the situation again where you found yourself this time for a positive reason. Yeah, yeah, positive reason. Yeah, is between you know uh, the councillors on your call, yourself uh, and Willie setting her up. You know, got me into a treatment centre, uh, Kilmore and a toy, and. My God, I went in there 12 weeks clean, but my head was never clean, you know. My mind was never clean. My way of thinking was never clean. And God, uh, you know, really, really opened up my eyes to, uh, not, not to anybody else or anything else for myself, about my part to play and everything, and uh, just about life in general and, and being that person that I always wanted to be, you know. Mm. Um, you know, it's a destruction now in the place. We always, I never grew up with a structure in life, and I always, I always wanted one. And that gave me a, a huge, huge structure, a huge way of thinking. Um, it's a lot of counselling down there as well. Uh, very strict. Great. It was routine. a lot of self-reflection, though, wasn't it? Self-reflection, yeah. One thing you get, you get. Um, Sheet to fill out every week. God, uh, what's the name of it? Um, I can't think of the name of it. But there's one thing that has run out the answer. The same thing. I am responsible. Everything you do on that that week, or everything you do on week, that matter where you always now is that I am responsible for. You know, mm. I had to put it back to myself. We can't be blaming, as I said, my parents. We can't be blaming other people or other places. I was always blaming. Oh, it's thingless's fault. It's the way I was growing up, it uh, was that drink I was drinking, so I changed to the other drink, you know, it's, it doesn't work that way, or I'll change pubs, or I'll change uh, where I live, like, you know, it doesn't matter where you live, how you live. What it's, like, it's like when you do that, you're like you're running away, from it, running away from the problem. Yeah, you're running away from yourself, yeah, that's how I felt, you know, I was always, I was always running away from the good things in life that I actually really wanted, you know. So, like, for, in order for me to give myself a good, clear, peaceful mind and a good way of living, you know, we have to be responsible for first thing in the morning as soon as you grow up. But, but you know what, about this programme, and we'll, like, the good thing about it was you had to take that upon yourself. You had to make the conscious decision this time to leave your family for 15 weeks. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, like, that can't be easy. Because you have obviously grew up in a, in, a, in a household where there was no structure, there was no, and you had no parent support to say. And I, I know that's the parent, that's not the parent you wanted to be, but I think you understood that this program would be better for your kids, and not just for you, but for your kids and your partner. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, uh... Yeah, absolutely. Like it's uh, sorry, sorry. Take your time. <laughs> yeah, now it's just mad looking back because uh, you know we wanted to we we wanted to be that parent that's you know always there and cheering on your kids, sitting down and doing homework, giving them the structure, giving them a good way of life. You know something that we always wanted a hug, uh, a voice to listen to. You know, and it's it's great because we can do that now. You know. Uh, we could do that in the past, but not, not probably not to the full, full, um, <clears throat> to the full, full way, you know, full clear thinking and mind because the mind probably will be on other things or other people or other places that it shouldn't be, you know. We can live, live today for them and for myself. It's uh, and give. You can also be proud of you, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that, and I think that's that's the one thing that you can you can turn around and say, looking back on everything that that's went on, would the like if you were to ask yourself the question, would your kids be proud of you? 
would you say, like, if you were to ask your kids a, a question last year, were your kids proud of you, what would you say? Probably, I mean, no, realistically, probably not. No, they wouldn't, you know. It's, but uh, now, now, after all the, the stuff that you've done, all the structures that you've done, the place that you've been to, they, you, you know yourself, your kids, your partner can turn around and say, I'm actually proud of you and because you've put in the work, you're putting in the work. And like it, it's an it's an everyday battle that you're going to be facing. It's an everyday battle that we all face. Like COVID has, has been an awful lot for, for people. You've been through stuff more than, than others. So what you're doing and what you've done, you should be very proud of that. You should be very proud that your kids can look and say and say, Daddy, I'm 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 very proud of you. And you can give your dare to talk to them in at night. You dare to help them with the homework. You dare to give them the whole because you've put the work in. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, <laughs> we did put the work in, and I, you know, I'm, I'm one for always questioning myself and my ability and stuff like that. But when it comes to when it comes to doing the right things now and reaching out first and foremost to you, and then going down to Kilmore, like there's no one else around to put the work in. You know, I'm blessed enough, and now a lot of people out there aren't. I was lucky to have, I always had good support, you know, but I wasn't one that was willing to put the work in, you know, and until until I fully surrendered to putting the full, full work in and, and now that I had to do that myself, um, you know, I am proud of where, where I'm at coming from today, you know. It's a long, long road. And it, as you said, Ted, every day is going to be a battle, you know. It's... It's uh, it's how it's how we deal with life. You know, you can't prepare for life because you don't know what's gonna happen from one day. So how do you deal with things now that come up? I deal with things now, like you know, um, when I wake up in the morning, you know, I I, I wake up, look around, and realize what I have, and be grateful for it first and foremost. No matter if we don't, we lately haven't been getting uh, good sleep, but you know, we put that to the back of my mind. Because you know I'm grateful to be here still today. I'm grateful to be want want to be still here today. Um, you know we do a bit of meditation in the morning, uh, which which helps. You know if you ask me to do meditation this time last year, I'll be t- I'll be thrown out the window. You know, but it does help. It slows down the mind. Uh, twice a week I go out and I, I go out to Manic Beach, and you know we can a lot can be said for that. You know just into the water for five, ten minutes, and it just freshens the body up and the mind as well. But uh, when it comes to everyday life, you know, we just sit back, take a, take a step back, you know, uh, you know, because I'm, because I'm in that, that space at the moment, just for today, just try and keep everything just for today, be peaceful, you know, not get into situations that doesn't uh, involve me, you know, uh, deal with things the right way. Uh, not be that angry, aggressive, irritated person that always had to want me say me and opinions on everything, everything, even if it's in the news or the war over in Afghanistan. I, I always felt like, you know, nothing, that's not, nothing got to do with me. What's got to do with me, if, you know, is keep myself. It's, it's, the old, it's the old age saying, control the controllables. So control yeah. what you can control. Yeah, and I can only control myself, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and the way I deal with things now, you know, uh, you know, we can't be in a rush anymore, you know. Take a step back and just, just enjoy life because, uh, you know, we're not, we're not promised tomorrow. Mm. You, know, it's, uh, you should be very, you should be very proud of what you've done and what you've achieved in in a, in a short space of time. Because you, you've done put work in that people could only dream of and the support that they've gotten, the help that you... But that doesn't come for nothing. Like, that came from you putting in the work yourself. Like, you know, people can give you the tools, people can give you the opportunities, but the thing is, if you don't accept it and you don't appreciate it, you're not going to get anything from it. And what you've done is you've grabbed it with both hands because you you can see the bigger picture. Yeah, and I think we always wanted it. It goes back to, you know, we wanted someone to put out in our uh, hand so we can grab onto, you know. But I think so, sometimes as well, you were given a few home truths along the way as well. And I think I think that's helped you as well. 
Like yeah. when when times where you feel like you might be slipping, you're you're told right, pull your head in here, and and look at it. Do you know? Yeah, self pity is great. You know, self pity for me is one thing that you know we thrive off if I want to get myself down and throw everything away. You know, we, we you know we're not afraid to tell other people how it's true. You know, so why should I be any different than anybody else? You know, yeah. As I said, we, there's a lot of things that I've probably done and probably still do to this day uh, and not realised and they only we want people to tell me you know how long you're doing this you're going overboard with this and stuff you know because I want to make myself a better person every single day you know because uh, we can only be happy if we give happiness away as well you know to other people yeah you know? and that's 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 amazing we, if we make other people happy we can get happy as well you know it's not like all about just wanting and, and taking and not giving back as well, you know. Can you make someone happy, Gary? Yeah, we can make someone happy, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can make some, some, we can make someone happy, truly happy without using, you know, buying them stuff and, and you know, telling them the ways, just just talking to them the way they want to be taught. I can make them truly happy because I can speak from the heart and I can follow up with these things. Yeah. Uh, because because I'm happy with, within myself. And that's the main thing, isn't it? That's that's the main thing. That's that's the, the first and only thing for I believe. I know I I didn't think I'd be sitting here today, this time last year. There's not a hope in hell I thought I would have been here today and I did the most important thing is I didn't want to be sitting here today like this time last year you know the thing I wanted to be was from this from this air and but it's not like that today you know and because I'm happy within myself you know I'm doing the right things I'm getting up in the morning you know you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, this isn't for everybody praying and stuff, you know, but I believe in a higher power. There's someone looking after us, you know, because, you know, you know, I should have been dead 10 times over, you know, and I'm not. So someone's looking after me, you know. So whoever's looking after me, it's time for them to take a rest now. It's time for me to look after myself and be happy with myself and make other people happy and just do the right things. Like be, be grateful. Have me gratitude for other things in life, you know, because a lot of people out there don't have these supports. They're still going through the bad times, you know, and it's great to even, uh, you know, help other people. Yeah. To see, to see that, and, and most importantly, to want to help other people. But you know what? This is going to really help other people. And people listening to this might be, if they take one thing from it, and I always say this, if you, if you can when you're sharing your story and you, you you give people the opportunity to listen to it if, the, if you help one person that's that's enough it doesn't matter and I, I always say it about the group like it doesn't it doesn't bother people bother me in the slightest how many people come on to it if I get one person if I get a hundred people it does not matter because that person still needs help that one person still needs that support you're still giving people the, the opportunity the platform to, to express themselves to open up and this is what you're doing now. You're opening up, you're expressing yourself. And by you doing that, you're really and truly going to help other people. Be if someone might find themselves in your situation, they can listen to your story and you can, might be able to take one little thing from it. But it might help them, it might save their life. Um, and, one, and one question I'm, I'm going to ask just to finish up with, what advice would you give to someone if they do find themselves in your situation or find themselves in a situation of, even the one of the things that you went through. Ask, talk to somebody about it. Listen to it. Everything's not, you know, if you're caught up in addiction or even if you're not, if, even if you're doing things, wrong things in a clear mind, take take time to step back and, and look at what you have around you. Is it worth throwing it all away? You know, even if you don't have much, like that's enough, you know. Whatever you have around you is enough. Is a word to throw everything away. Just ask somebody. Like I just wish to God uh, I asked for help sooner than I did. You know, uh, you know, there's plenty of people out there, especially now after the COVID. You know, uh, that are going through bad times. You know, don't you're not alone. You know, there's other people out there 
that feel the same way, that's been through that experience, that are willing, willing to help you, you know. We do a lot of CA and NA uh, classes, and uh, man, the people I we, we meet in there and the people that come up to me even after that they hang around and talk, you know, that they own it and they're not asked for anything back. Like yourself, Ted, you know, you never ask me for anything back, you know. As you said about people coming on the call, it doesn't matter if there's 10 people or there's one person on the call. It's not about numbers. It's about, you know, if that one person wasn't there, then I wouldn't be there. So if I wasn't there, where would I be today? Mm. No, Gary, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, I thank you for sharing your story and and, let, and letting others listen to it. Um, for for people that are listening to it, if you do find yourself struggling, um, please get in contact. Again, the, the, the peer support group is on at the minute every Monday evening. Um, we do do two nights a week. So you can email tedsupandmike at gmail.com. Uh, we have trained professionals on the calls every, every evening. Um, we have a trained counselor, trained psychiatric nurse that are there to help, provide help. Um, and any care that, that we can provide on the evenings we can do and we can set up appointments for after the calls then as well but if you find you do, if you do find yourself struggling please get in contact please get in contact with someone reach out to someone ask for help um, as I said you've been listening to Ted's Up and Mike Gary has been a regular um, supporter of the support group from the very beginning and I'm delighted that he joined me here this evening to, to share his own story. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, please comment and share it and, and let me know what you think. As it, Again, if you want to reach out, email tedsupandmike at gmail.com. Thanks very much. Gary, thank you very much. Cheers, Ted.